Hi, you folks. Welcome to the Keep Singing Podcast, postmortem edition. I'm your host, Sunny, also known as Dynamic Symmetry on Twitter and Tumblr and many other places. And in this episode, we're going to be covering episode three of season nine, Warning Signs. I have to get out of here pretty soon and go to a meeting with my advisor, which may be awkward because I'm going to ask them to do me a huge favor, which I'm guessing they'll be slightly resistant to, especially because the favor I'm asking them for, my justification for asking it is you guys screwed me and I'm mad. So I I can't really take too long with this uh, if I want to not be late for that, but I do have some stuff that I want to talk about regarding the episode. So I'm going to go ahead and forego my Patreon spiel. You all know it, whatever, patreon.com slash dynamic symmetry. If you want to give me a couple bucks a month, that's amazing. Help me keep doing this. Whatever. Let's go ahead and without further ado, get into it. Okay, so first of all, I want to say that the time jump I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to keep talking about this. The time jump continues to be a problem for me. I don't really have anything new to offer regarding why it is a problem for me. Basically, it's a problem for me because, uh, like I keep saying, the, the conversations that they're having, the conflicts that they're having, it is very strange to me that they're only having these after a year. I I have to... I, I feel like... If I was writing this, these would be things that they would be confronting after six months maximum. It's it's just, it's, it, it is very unreasonable to me. It is very unrealistic that they would have just been plodding along for a year, planting fields and shit with essentially no problems for, for a year or, or, or rather that all of this stuff would just be simmering under the surface. I just don't think that would happen. I think that all of these problems would have arisen much sooner than they did. And like I said, this problem is not fixable. This is just going to be something that I have to try and keep looking past. But it's still fucking bothering me, so I'm going to mention it. Okay, moving on. Rick. I, Rick, Rick is, this is reminding me a lot of season four, Rick, because this is Rick completely shirking his responsibilities. I talked about that in the last episode, that Rick just refuses to nail down what he is and is not responsible for. Rick does not have a clearly defined job description, and he seems okay with that. And everybody else seems mostly okay with that. Uh, Daryl doesn't. Daryl's not a fool. And Maggie, I get the sense, isn't pleased with Rick in general. But every, like, God love Michonne, but, like, can you, like, make your man do something? Like, it's just... That's not fair to Michonne. She handles Rick as well as she can. But Rick is just... I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but this really is mostly his fault that this this is all happening. And like I keep saying when I say that something is a character's fault, like the, the thing about people blaming Daryl for Glenn's death was bullshit. I'm not like blaming Rick for this like he's a real person. I'm just analyzing this on the level of how a story is working. And, like, I'm not pissed at him. I'm a little pissed at the writers, but I'm pissed at them for other reasons. I think this is completely in character for Rick to be doing, and I don't actually have a problem with it. It's just that I think that this is the kind of thing they should have dealt with much earlier in the timeline. I think that it's silly for it to be a problem now and not much much earlier. But it's Rick, this is Rick's fault. Uh, this is this is Rick's fault because Rick Rick will not define his own responsibilities, which means other people's responsibilities are not as well defined as they might be. And this is Rick's fault because 
Well, no, you know, I'm going to fucking talk about it now, although I'm sure I'll get back to it later on. Rick just, Rick has this, Rick has this pie-in-the-sky, Pollyanna, idealistic image of how people are. And it's not that I think that, you know, the, the idea of a world where everybody is cooperative and moving forward together is a bad or unrealistic idea. It's actually profoundly realistic. Human beings are cooperative by nature. I've think I've mentioned this before in some context, but when social scientists study the way human beings react after a disaster, the sort of Hobbesian war of all against all that people love to write about in post-apocalyptic stories, that actually does not happen. Uh, when that kind of thing shows up, it tends to be in different situations. It tends to be in situations where a state, for example, you see this a lot in sub-Saharan Africa, where a state is so weak that it can't control violence within its own borders, which is one of the ways in which we define a weak state. And that is not a sudden thing. That is an ongoing process. That's something that happens over a long period of time. And, and these dysfunctional uh, relationships within uh, the borders of the state and across the borders of the state too, because weak states also are bad at policing their own borders. Those things, those things are existing. Those things did again, like they do not happen overnight and they take a while to develop. And it's one of the reasons why fixing them is, is difficult. But if you look at how people react right after a natural disaster, they're, uh, their, their, their instinct is to come together and cooperate and to really be kind and to take care of each other. That's, you can talk about that being like a deep goodness in people's nature, or you can talk about that just being instinct and not really good or bad. But regardless, I think that it's, it's natural that in the long run, although again, kind of like, there's, there's not just a weak state here, there's no state. So I do think that for a while after the fall of civilization, you are going to be dealing with bandits and warlords and whatnot. But it's also very reasonable to me that these communities would want to work together and set something up that's sustainable. That's just something human beings want to do. So very, very roundabout uh, way of saying, I think that what Rick is trying to do is both good and reasonable. That said, Rick's understanding of how it's going to work and the various problems that they're likely to run into it's just, it's, it's, it's totally irrational. And it's, it's based on this highly idealistic and unrealistic understanding of how human beings work and the conflicts that human beings experience with each other and the way that old wounds don't necessarily heal very quickly. And while I was going to wait to talk about Daryl's conversation with Rick, but I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. The way that Rick has basically ignored, like I said, he's ignored the fact that wounds don't heal quickly, or he's given it lip service, but he doesn't really understand the full depth of the problem, the depth and persistence of the problem. But Rick also, and this is this is one of the things that I, I was so conflicted. Like I was pissed at the writers for doing it, but again, like I thought that it was it was actually pretty in character. Rick just completely disregarded Maggie's pain and Daryl's pain and everybody's pain when he decided to to keep Negan alive. And I get the sense that that has been continuing. So when Daryl says, you know, you ever think about what they want uh, in, in regards to how Rick is handling everything and, and, and handling bringing people, trying to bring people together. Yeah, like that was dead on. Cause no, Rick doesn't think about that. When Rick decided to save Negan, I don't think he was thinking about Maggie at all. I keep using the phrase moral vanity 
uh, in regards to Rick, and that's absolutely what it is. It's it's moral vanity, and in that moment, that uh, kind of under the guise of, and not necessarily under the guise of, it was it was real, but that was under the guise of his uh, wanting to have a legacy for Carl, you know, wanting to fulfill Carl's last wishes. But also that, plus his moral vanity, was what made him decide to do that. And he didn't, I do not think he appreciated the pain that that was going to cause Maggie. I do not think he appreciated the pain that that was going to cause Daryl. And I do not think that he appreciated the problems that that was going to create. The fact that this Negan staying alive, it meant that justice was not done. And it also meant that this figurehead of this community that they're going to try and work with remains. And that is going to generate some problems. And it's not that killing Negan wouldn't also have generated problems, but they would have been different problems. And I think in the long run, they would have actually been easier to overcome. And Rick just did not think about this or did not care. And that's that's bad. And not only does it, again, mean that this is all his fault, but... Daryl's Daryl is not just saying you ever think about what they want. Daryl, I think, is really saying you ever think about what I want, and that's good, Daryl, because Rick has a very long history of not thinking about what Daryl wants, like at all. I honestly, I have a very hard time thinking of the last time Rick did really seem to be thinking hard about what Daryl wanted or putting Daryl's feelings in any kind of priority position. Most of the time when he does shit with Daryl, it's kind of like, well, we're going to do this and I'm assuming you're with me. I'm not going to ask you if you're okay with something. We're just going to fucking do it. And Daryl goes along because that's what Daryl does. But Daryl's mad right now and he's actually saying something about it, although not necessarily like, bro, you're hurting me. And huge credit for that. And in line with that, Rick's comment at the end about how Daryl spared the guy who left his brother to die on a rooftop, on its surface, that seems like a, yeah, you know, mercy and shit, and Daryl, you should consider that kind of thing, and mercy and forgiveness, but it's also bullshit because of why Daryl didn't kill Rick. And it wasn't, I mean, Daryl's nature is good, fundamentally. His, His desire is to fit in with people and get along, really, even though he's not very good at it because he badly socialized but he also didn't kill rick because it just already i think he was gravitating toward rick as a replacement and his relationship with rick is not codependent but like i think i think i described it before as dependent rick daryl is dependent on rick in a way that i don't think is very healthy in a lot of respects and I don't know if Rick knows that. I think Rick understands it on some level and he uses that level to manipulate Daryl into doing what he wants. Daryl's basically his trained attack dog. And so his his comment about that, I think is, it's irritating, it's hurtful. And I think you see that in the way Daryl kind of, not recoils, but kind of pulls back into himself a bit. It stings. And also I think it's very revealing about how Rick thinks of their relationship. This makes me all this this all makes me very sad because I don't think that any of this is going to be fixed before Rick leaves. 
I'm going to have more to say about that in a second. I've been thinking. But it's just, I, I love that they're talking and I love the conflict. I, because I, I just, there's some stuff between them that I've been wanting them to hash out for a long time. I've been wanting the writers to accept, I, I've been wanting the writers to recognize that it's there and actually start dealing with it directly. But also it makes me sad because if Rick is going to leave it, like, you know, I'd like them to go out well together. I'd like them to go out having a good relationship, maybe a more healthy one than they've got right now. And we don't have a whole lot more time because I think he's supposed to leave in what, like episode six, something like that. I think it's supposed to be episode six. Yeah. Okay. The hinted Rashon baby. Uh, on the one hand, I was like, yay. On the other hand, let's think about the last time one of the main characters uh, was going to have a baby and there was a dad. Did not end well for that dad. And we know that Rick is going to be out of the picture pretty soon. So if Michonne is impregnated before then, then that means that yet another main character is going to be raising a kid by herself. And that's sad and unfortunate and frustrating. As much as I do want to see a little Rashawn baby, that would be wonderful and great. We'll see what happens with it. It's possible that they're just teasing it, but they don't intend to go anywhere with it. I, I have some question regarding whether they would tease something that big and then not try to do anything with it. I, I'm leaning towards something actually happening with it. I haven't checked the filming spoilers in real serious depth on uh, the Spoiling Dead fans, so I don't know that we have any indication that anybody has been cast as a Rashawn baby. I, I'm not sure. That's the kind of thing that I think they keep under wraps pretty well, and I think that this is something they might try to keep a surprise. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we do see that. Really quick note, the, the choice of reading Alice in Wonderland to Judith. That's something I like to do in my fix is when characters pick up a book or something, the book is significant. And there's something about it that's really meaningful with a capital M regarding what's going on with the story or very foreshadowing E. And I get the sense that this show does that too most of the time. When characters pick up books, they almost always mean something. So Alice in Wonderland has got to mean something. I don't know what. Uh, it's, it's something I think I need to think about a lot more. Alice in Wonderland and Slash Through the Looking Glass is one of my favorite books slash two books. So I love when it shows up in a story. I think I actually, yeah, uh, at one point Daryl reads Alice in Wonderland and I'll Be Yours for a song, I think, kind of toward the end. And it's it's not... That's not super meaningful when I toss it in. Uh, the the part that I toss in is has to do with Alice thinking about the physical changes her body goes through and what that has to do with her identity, which is one of my favorite parts. And so Daryl at that point was thinking about the changes his life was going through and his psyche was going through and the healing that he was doing, which was partly physical in nature. So that's why I threw it in there. But that was not the part that Rick was reading. So... Yeah, I'm sort of wondering what that's about. I've seen some uh, TD people n jumping on that as Beth-related. I really don't think so. I wish they wouldn't do that. I think that it probably has nothing to do with Beth. I think that if it has anything to do with anything, it has to do with... If it has anything to do with anything specific, it has to do with Rick and Rick's family. But I think that it may just be about the general story and kind of what the story is doing and the directions the story is moving in and the feeling of things being on the cusp of something and things being subject to some really profound change very soon. Because one of the major themes in 
Alice in Wonderland. Uh, I don't think this is so much the case in Through the Looking Glass, but one of the major themes in Alice in Wonderland is very sudden dramatic change. If you if you know the book, you know that the changes in chapters and and different scenes are very sudden and very dramatic, and they 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 act according to a kind of dream logic. They it's like uh, the a couple of the video games I like do this thing where you're facing a certain part of the space that you're in and you turn away and you turn back and the whole room has changed. Layers of Fear does this really well if you want a game wreck. But it's it's kind of like that. Like suddenly and without warning in many respects, just everything around you changes or you change physically. And I think that that sense of change and waiting for change and sort of trusting that change is going to be okay, even if you don't know that it's going to be. If I, if I had to throw something out there right now r- regarding why Alice in Wonderland is in there in that context, I think that's what it's about. Beth maybe could fit into that. I could see some ways in which she might, but I do not think it's about her. So let's let's not jump on that, okay? Because I don't think it's there. In terms of things that are meaningful, and I don't know what the fuck they mean, what is with the A's? The A's on this show drive me crazy. I did see on the Spoiling Dead fans forums, somebody was like, this is the show trying to do Lost. And I, you know, I really think that that's not wrong. I Lost Lost is such a mixed bag because so much of the stuff that it was doing was meaningful and was interesting, but so much of it ended up not being meaningful. Like the numbers were one of the things that I thought was great and creepy about that show. Like every time they'd show up, I'd start getting goosebumps and everything. They were just so great. But then you get to the very end of the show and it's just like, oh, you know, Jacob always did like numbers. And I think that that's the last that we hear of it. It's just like this little Easter egg that Jacob has tossed into reality. And there's no other meaning than that. And that was bullshit. So a lot of the stuff that that Lost incorporated the symbols and the Easter eggs in, into its narrative didn't actually end up meaning very much in a way that was interesting. So A, maybe that, or it may not be. I, one of the things that I cannot figure out about A, and this is, this is narratologically, this is somewhat difficult to describe, but I can't figure out whether it's sort of a meta level thing that keeps reappearing, like it's the writers commenting on the story, or whether it is something that's incorporated into the story much more on the level of the story. There's, I don't want to necessarily use the phrase magical realism, because magical realism has a very specific political context uh, in South America, and Central and South America, and that has to do with colonialism and it's not just a ooh everything's kind of quirky term it actually is, should be something that's only used regarding specific things but there is a sense of the fantastic that i think the writers are starting to incorporate more and more they they started doing it with ezekiel and ezekiel's dream world that he created that people bought into knowing that it was a dream but bought into because they wanted that dream to be real and it was more a sensibility than anything else, but I, I think I've used the phrase signs and wonders before. The, there is a feeling that this story is kind of entering into something like that. So I'm wondering if this is, the A's are, are an element of the fantastic. They're, they're like a, 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 a deeper logic that's tying everything together 
that exists within the story itself. Uh, that I think is a little too, I don't want to say clever, but I think that that's might be a little too deep for these writers. I don't know. It's very hard to say sometimes what they're doing and what they're not doing and what they're capable of doing and what they're not capable of doing. I'm inclined to come down on the side that it's, it's just meta, but we'll see. Uh, the actress who plays Anne, whose name I cannot right now remember, she said, I think, on The Talking Dead, which I don't watch because Chris Hardwick's a scumbag, she said something about how she knows what it means and she's excited for people to find out. I mean, I would figure that she would know because I would figure that in the next few episodes we'll get some sense of what it does mean. But it, yeah, it's, oh, it's just interesting. I feel like there's an essay you could write about the A's without making it seem like the crazier corners of TD digging way too deep into symbolism, but... Yeah, it's it's just oh, it's just driving me kind of crazy. What the fuck? And B, and we're gonna have with the whispers alpha and beta too. So that's yeah. I don't think the helicopter is re- re- related to the whispers, by the way. I just I don't see any reason why it would be. I have not read the comic arc regarding the whispers, but I do know a little something about it. And yeah, Anne and Gabe is still weird. Just a quick side note. I just I uh, I don't feel it. Again, I do not have a problem with it necessarily, but I just, I don't really, it's, I don't know why it's there. I don't know what the fuck it's about. It's just, it's, it's weird. The Chopper. I don't, I don't know what's up with that. I, I was thinking it was the Commonwealth. I think that Anne was talking about the Commonwealth when she was saying that they could run away to somewhere, that it was far, but that they could make it, and that the life that they could have there would be so much better than the life that they have where they are now. I don't... It's, see, it's, it's, it's tough to know with this show because sometimes the show takes things directly from the comics and then sometimes it takes things from the comics and then it remixes them in a way that really makes it its own thing. Like Oceanside, I think, is based on a community that they run into during the All Out War arc, but it it's his own thing on the show. It's it's not directly from the comics. They might do that with the Commonwealth, but it also, I mean, it's big enough that I wouldn't be surprised if they take it direct from the comics, but it'll be interesting to see, assuming we see it, how closely related it is to the comics. Regardless, though, I do think that she was talking about going there. Now, the big question for me is how connected is the chopper to that? And... I don't know. I Not really based on anything in particular, I have a feeling that it's not directly connected. That the two exist adjacent to each other, but that the chopper is not necessarily from the Commonwealth. And that it it's belongs to a different group of people doing something different. And it'll. Uh, when are we going to find out? I really hope we don't have to wait until... I have a feeling that we're going to have to wait until the back half of the season to really get into it, but... Given that we've got this big time jump coming up, allegedly, uh, yeah, they gotta, they're gonna, oh god, the guys, they're gonna have to put up, they're gonna have to just do what they did with the year time jump, and for the most part, just kind of pretend that nothing happened for like three, four years. They're gonna, they're gonna have like surface level changes. Apparently, Carol's gonna have real long hair. I hate the way it looks so far. I just, oh, she's so great. She's so gorgeous with short hair. What the fuck are they doing? It just looks so wig-like, you know? It looks really, like it does not, at least in the distant photos we've seen, it does not look natural to me. It just looks like a fucking wig. 
Ugh, we'll see. But but anyway, it, I feel like it's going to be a worse version of what we've seen with the year time jump where nobody major died after somebody major dying like every day in every season. It's going to be like a year of peace and nobody died. And granted, they're not at war anymore, but that just, that just doesn't fucking work. And they're going to have to do it again more and it's going to be stupid it's going to drive me fucking crazy and we're going to have people having conversations that it's unrealistic that they wouldn't have had for four years and i just really hope it's not as long as they say it's going to be but it probably is because carol has all the hair also it seems like they've definitely cast some aged up actors all right. Okay. Very, very, very quickly. The the last thing I wanted to say, I love the scene where Daryl and Maggie don't show any mercy. It's I've really been wanting to see that. From first of all, I've been wanting to see them interact, and they have, and very happy, even though they haven't done it enough, and they haven't done it deeply enough, and they haven't talked about any feelings. But I I love that they're getting back to how yeah Daryl and Maggie are still pissed, and also they're they're both colder than they were. They're, I'm, I'm happy that motherhood has not softened Maggie. It's, she, obviously she really loves her kid and she's making a home and she has a family, but she's, she's tough. She's really tough and she's really cold in some respects. And absolutely Daryl is as well. So I thought that it was very in character for them not to stop the execution. And I really like how they just kind of turned their backs and walked away. And I wish they were going to go kill Negan. And they're not. But I am looking forward to seeing what ends up happening with them. And just, God, can they just interact some more before Maggie leaves? However that ends up happening. Just some. Just give me one more scene like we had in the cellar last season. Or I can't even remember if it was last season or the season before. Anyway, just please more of that. Oh, uh, yeah, real quick. I, I almost forgot that I was going to talk about this. Um, this is not necessarily related to the episode, but it is something I've been thinking about the past couple of days. I really don't think Rick is going to die. It's When I say I don't think he's going to die... If you, if you were going to go from a scale of 1 to 100 regarding the how sure I am about something or how probable I think something is, I'm, I'm like at a 65-70% leaning toward Rick not dying. I think he's not going to die. I would not be at all surprised if he does end up dying. It's not like it's something I'm going to go, oh my god, that's not what I thought. Uh, but I just, I'm leaning toward him not dying. I just answered uh, an ask on Tumblr where I went into uh, some depth regarding why I don't think that this is unrealistic and why I think that they might be heading in that direction. But very briefly, I, I think it makes a lot more sense for them not to kill him off decisively. I think that they understand that if Rick is gone, they're going to lose a lot of viewers. I mean, they just are. Rick is a big character. People have been following his story for this long. And uh, there are going to be some people who throw up their hands and leave. I think that one of the reasons why they're really promoting that is partly it's because they're assuming that people really will tune in to see Rick's last episodes. Uh, Apparently the ratings for this past episode weren't real good, so I don't know how true that is. But I also think it's to try to mitigate their losses a bit. So, So it doesn't come as a shock, so people aren't stunned by it so people have a chance to kind of adjust to the idea that Rick is leaving and maybe they won't all leave too but also I think that if they leave open the possibility that Rick might come back they think and they may be correct that they won't necessarily shed 
all of those viewers. They may keep some of them. But also, this is something that this show just does. It does it a lot. It doesn't do it as often as it kills people, but it does do it quite often. It takes big and small characters, and it writes them out of the show in a way that's very complete. Like, they're just gone. They're not on screen anymore, and the story that's happening on screen really has nothing whatsoever to do with them. But they're not, they're not decisively dead, and an avenue for them to come back is, is left very much open. They've done that with Heath. They've done that with Sherry and Dwight. They did that with Merle and Morales, and we did see Morales again, like, fucking eight seasons later. Didn't take as long to see Merle again, but he did come back. And I think we can be pretty sure that Sherry and Dwight are coming back. And I personally think Heath is coming back and maybe even soon. And it's one of the reasons why I think that it's entirely reasonable that Beth might still come back. Sure, her, yes, she appeared to have been killed, but like we have been arguing for fucking ever, and like I think all of the evidence is on our side where that's concerned. She died in a way, she got shot in a way that doesn't necessarily mean insta-kill. It's potentially quite survivable. She got shot in a hospital. There was a doctor nearby who was a trauma surgeon. And we're pretty sure that she didn't get buried. And we're pretty sure she didn't get stabbed in the head. Because why would they do that? She got shot in the head. They would just assume she was dead and it wasn't necessary. And we don't know what happened to her body. But there are a lot of indications that something went down right after CODA. And it was big. And the group had to leave in a big hurry. And other than that, it's all mysterious. So there is a big hole there and a lot of dangling threads. I mean, all of Grady's a dangling thread. Everybody there is still alive. As far as we know, it's intact. We don't know what happened. And they cleared up the nursing home in season one. They did it in a deleted scene, but we did find out what happened to the nursing home. So that thread got cut off. But Grady and everything around Grady and Beth is a dangling thread that may be incorporated back into the story. And given that this show does that it's like like i've been saying i think it's reasonable although it's not like i think it's going to happen i think it's reasonable to think that beth might come back and i think it's very reasonable to think that that rick might be written out in a way that is open-ended and we also by the way we pretty much know that that's going to happen with maggie she's going to be gone but they're not going to kill her uh, I personally think the chopper might have something to do with it. I think that might be what they're setting up. And people have been saying that for a while. I've been sort of on the fence waiting to see what happened with the show. But I am definitely falling in line with the people who say that the, she might get traded. or to, in, in some way, the chopper might end up taking her away. Uh, I think that that's, that could very well be. It could also be Rick. Or it could be both of them. I don't know. Uh, it's, it seems like some of the, uh, I don't remember who it was, but it seems like showrunners slash writers have been intimating that Rick's departure and Maggie's departure are connected. We'll just have to see. But yeah, I, I, I definitely think Rick might not die. And at this point, I'm leaning toward him not dying. And I hope he doesn't. I mean, him, him not dying creates some issues and is frustrating. But... Here's something else I just thought of. If they're going to jump over the aftermath of his departure by fucking years, which it seems like they're going to do in some way, him, if he's not 100% dead, then that is less terrible. It's still not good, and a big time jump creates a lot more problems, but I was I was getting mad thinking, you know, Rick is going to die, and it's going to be very devastating, and... 
but we're not going to get to grieve with the group because it's just going to be, okay, he's gone and now it's years later. And that's going to be incredibly unsatisfying and going to deny people a lot of closure. But if Rick is not dead and if there is some implication that he might come back, then that is, that is less crushing. And remember one of the things that Beth fans were so furious about after she apparently died was the fact that we didn't really get any grieving time either. We didn't get to see a funeral. We didn't get to see anything. She was just dead and then there was a time jump, oddly. And we don't know what happened during that time jump. It just kind of happened and then we were moving on with the story and it's kind of like she never even existed except for the music box. But that also kind of falls in line with maybe somebody not being dead. Yeah, guys, I'm sorry. This is just something that I can't let go of. I, I kind of keep tabs on what other people in TD are doing. And I think that a lot of the really deep analysis that, that some of them are doing into like really, really detailed finicky levels of symbolism and Easter eggs and shit, I think most of that is bullshit. I think that it is reading way too, too much into what's going on. And I think it's also elevating Beth to a level of importance, which she does not occupy. But the overall evidence that I've talked about before in the story and how her death doesn't make a lot of sense and how it was written and how we were denied any closure and in how Grady itself was just left a giant, a giant dangling uh, plot thread, I still really think we might see her again. I, I, I will say at any rate, I see, I have yet to see any reason why we can't. I have yet to see anything decisive that makes me think, okay, this is definitely off the table. I haven't seen any of that. If anything, it's continued to kind of, I wouldn't say that it seemed more and more like a possibility to me. I've actually been more on the fence more recently than I have been in the past, but yeah, yeah I just, I, I cannot write this off as a possibility. I think it's very, very possible, if not likely. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's likely, but I think it's totally possible. So yeah, I'm not waiting for her, but I still wouldn't be at all shocked if we saw her again. All right, I got to get going. I got to put makeup on so that I look uh, intimidating when I have my meeting with my advisor. So I'm going to get going. I don't know exactly when I'm going to get this posted. I will try for tonight, but it may end up being tomorrow. Sorry about the lateness. Thank you for your patience. But yeah, uh, looking forward to this coming Sunday. I'm, I'm, I am enjoying the season more. I'm still very frustrated by a lot of parts of it, but I, I do like where it's going. I do like how it feels very different from other seasons. And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm on board. I'm a little meh, but I'm on board. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, thank you for your support, and I will speak to you soon.